Hello, everybody. I'm Ron Waxman with uh, Dr. Spencer King and Dr. Gary Means. Uh, we are in the December Journal Club for the Cardiovascular Revascularization Medicine. And this month, uh, we picked an interesting paper by Dr. Ryan Hemesberger. Uh, he's from Bad Seberg. And the title of the paper is a little bit long, but I'll read it to you. It's Impact of Calcified Lesion Complexity on the Success of Percutaneous Coronary Intervention with Upfront High-Speed Rotational Atherectomy on Modified Balloon. And this is a subgroup from the randomized Prepare Cals trial. Uh, Ryan, uh, welcome to our journal club. Uh, please tell us about your paper, the study, what brought you to do that. It is a sub-study, obviously, of a larger study. Share with us your information. Thank you a lot. Thank you a lot for uh, the invitation and for being in that honorable group uh, round. So PCI of severely calcified lesions may be challenging and is often time consuming and linked with procedural and long-term complications because calcium per se may impair balloon delivery and stent delivery and stent expansion. And stent expansion is known to be associated with unfavorable outcomes. And therefore, to achieve optimal procedural results and clinical outcomes, dedicated lesion preparation in calcified lesions is crucial. So there are different approaches, uh, um, the balloon-based approaches and the ablative approaches, the balloon-based non-compliant balloons and modified balloons in that uh, study, cutting or scoring balloons, and most recently the lithoplasty balloons, and there are the others, uh, the ablative techniques, namely rotational and, and orbital and laser atherectomy. And each of these devices or techniques have advantages and disadvantages, and the choice between them is usually driven by the operator's experience and availability in the center. So head-to-head -head comparisons are limited. The randomized uh, prepare calc trial compared lesion preparation um, using modified balloons, namely scoring and cutting balloons versus rotational atherectomy and could demonstrate um, superiority of the strategy of lesion preparation with rota prior to stent implantation as compared um, with a modified balloon angioplasty strategy. However, calcification alone is only one factor amongst others uh, that contribute to the complexity of a lesion. The others are severe vessel tortuosity and long lesion or the absence of healthy landing zones for the stents and that might impact the uh, lesion preparation strategies. So therefore we aim to analyze uh, to analyze to analyze um, um, the influence of lesion complexity on the success of calcified lesion preparation using upfront rotor versus modified balloons. So from the, the prepared calc um, study was a prospective randomized controlled trial um, in, 
in patients with severely calcified coronary artery lesions. Uh, this trial was performed in the heart center of Bad Segeberg and Deutsches Herzzentrum München, um, German heart center Munich, between September 2014 and October 2017. And 200 patients were randomized in a one-to-one -one ratio to a strategy of modified balloons uh, versus rotor, followed by implantation of an R0 stem. Uh, in this subgroup uh, analysis, uh, the study population was stratified according to the operator adjudicated lesion complexity into patients with at least one type C lesion and those without any type C target lesions. And type C was uh, defined according to the ACC AHA classification parameters, lesion length of more than 20 millimeters, excessive tortuosity, angulated segments, uh, CTOs, inability to protect the side branch, a bigger one, and degenerated vein grafts. So the primary endpoint of the trial was strategy success. And this was defined as successful stent delivery and expansion with a residual stenosis of less than 20% uh, with a TIMI flow of three and without crossover from one strategy to the other and with no stent failure. The secondary endpoints were acute lumen gain, a late lumen loss and target lesion revascularization at nine months. So the main results, the main finding were that in lesions stratified by the operator as complex, strategy success was significantly more common with rotor as compared with modified balloons, whereas in non-type C lesions, both strategies were highly and equally effective. Uh, the second main finding was that patients allocated to modified balloons, crossover to rotor was necessary in 15 cases uh, of type C lesions. That means 23% of type C lesions, while for non-type C lesions, only one patient needed bailout rotor. And lesions requiring, uh, yes, lesions requiring a crossover from modified balloon to rotor were more tortuous and more often a bifurcation lesion and were more often not located in the LAD. Um, the lesion preparation technique had no significant influence on in-hospital or clinical outcomes at nine months. So those, this was, those were the main findings of uh, that analysis. So in conclusion, uh, when um, in clinical practice, uh, when you see a calcified lesion and are um, don't exactly know whether you should go for an upfront rotor or a modified balloon, uh, if the lesion is complex, a type C lesion, especially if it's tortuous or in a bifurcation lesion, uh, upfront rotational arthrectomy might be uh, the way to go.
Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Um, so it does bring to a question uh, how much imaging contributing to the decision making of this complexity, if you can share with us say, how much imaging was used in this study and your thoughts about the necessity of incorporating imaging for the stratifying which patient will get what? Yes, that's interesting. We had a subgroup analysis of the prepared calc trial using OCT. However, we didn't use the OCT to guide the intervention. It was more an observational um, finding to uh, detect um, uh, potential um, um, mechanical attributes uh, to favor one strategy over the other. Uh, so this was not an imaging guided uh, trial and uh, imaging is um, extremely helpful in making an intervention um, easier. Uh, using imaging uh, might um, lead you to, to leave lesions, uh, especially in complex subsets, to uh, leave lesions uh, and uh, concentrate on the, the target problem problem. And of course, um, you can calculate the stent expansion and try to, to achieve uh, optimal results in this and to find edge dissections. Thank you. Uh, Gary, your comments, uh, since this was not much heavily used imaging? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure the exact dates that the patients were enrolled. But we published an OCT calcium score, score, I think in 2017, maybe 2018. Um, first author was Fujino, indicating the degree of calcification that pretty much mandates some kind of calcium modification. Um, that doesn't really address this idea of lesion complexity in the setting of heavily calcified lesions. But you could argue that um, particularly in trying to triage calcified lesions, um, imaging in 2021 is almost, should almost be a routine. The other thing that struck me from this study is when I looked at the quantitative analyses, these were not that severe lesions. The pre-intervention MLD averaged, oh, about 1.1 millimeters. The diameter stenosis, about 60%. Um, and the fact that they were actually able to deliver cutting and scoring balloons, even in calcified lesions um, with complexity, um, attests to the fact that these aren't the things that we see and that we worry about. Um, these are you know, not, I'm saying they're not significant lesions, but they're certainly not um, the ones that we struggle with on a daily basis. Spencer, so, what do you, yeah, go ahead. Why don't sorry. you answer, yeah. For uh, the um, calcium score from Fuccino, um, almost 
in that subgroup and then that OCT subgroup analysis, almost all patients had a maximum score of four. And um, interestingly, um, as you said, not, not, it's not possible in all patients to deliver um, modified balloons. Uh, we could observe this also in, in that analysis, in, in the really complex lesions, 23% um, of patients required a crossover uh, to rota from modified balloons. So Spencer, when it comes to device selection, I mean, we have a few devices that has not been utilized. The, this series was done uh, 2014 to 2017. So this is a preceding the shockwave. Uh, and I don't think it was using in Europe, you have the OPN non-compliant balloon. Uh, so I wonder, um, what, what do you take out of this? How much those devices really changing the outcome? Maybe, Spencer, you want to relate to that because we've been using rotational atherectomy for ages, I know that uh, again at that time orbital atherectomy was not available in Europe, so this is just for directional uh, atherectomy. But the selection the devices uh, based on this classification, it seems to be simple. Uh, your thoughts, Spencer, on that? Well, I like the idea of uh, keep it simple, uh, even though I do agree with uh, Gary that uh, imaging is gaining more and more cre credence, but it still is uh, true that uh, many people are not using imaging as much as, as, as they should. So uh, the part about this that I thought found interesting was that uh, you identified patients with calcified lesions where you did not need to use atherectomy. And you got you got uh, uh, success uh, without using atherectomy. Now you use modified balloons. I don't know if what would happen if you use just a balloon without the scoring and so forth on it. I don't know if it make how, how much difference that would have made. But uh, the struggle uh, probably exists within uh, practices of you know all these things become available. But they all cost a lot of money, and uh, whether, uh, you know, we ought to be struggling about whether to do lithotripsy, whether to do uh, orbital atherectomy or rotor, rotor, rotary atherectomy or whatnot, and all calcified lesions. I think your point that uh, the ones that were simpler uh, seem to uh, be effectively treated without any of those things and uh, had, had good results and very little crossover uh, needed. So. If that's correct, and if these results are are, are good, um, uh, although I do believe in imaging very much, uh, still it's uh, it, it, it's uh, the, I, I get the feeling sometimes that there's pressure to use the latest device and 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 try to compare all the latest things. But uh, if there are things that solve the problem at lower cost, and maybe with some in some hands lower risk. Uh, then uh, maybe uh, the, the, the best message here is that you did not need atherectomy in a lot of these cases. 
You know, Spencer, I think your comment about maybe didn't even need cutting or scoring balloons may be very um, pertinent because if what I understand um, from the post hoc OCT analysis, those lesions that were non-complex and that responded to a cutting or scoring balloon probably would have responded just to predilation and stenting. Yeah, and, and you know, this is actually was one of the criticism to the shockwave CAD trial because it was a registry and we participated in that, but those lesions seems to be many times could be amenable to just POBA. And then you do shockwave, obviously you get a good result, but what is that you compare to? So I have two questions to any of you. Number one, is the angiographic endpoint is good enough uh, as an outcome, as a primary outcome? And I can share with you uh, on the slide, it looks like that uh, if you look on the acute gain, whether it's a non-C uh, or C, seems to be relatively similar between the two groups. Or you need something different uh, when you're starting to compare modalities. Uh, so that is one thing with respect about the, the to, to assess really the as a primary endpoint is this is the right selection, or you need something more sophisticated. And again, that would be imaging not to determine the severity of the calcium, but to use it as an endpoint. So maybe we'll start with that question: uh, taking one of those indices as an endpoint or you really need to get a clinical outcome with respect to the MACE uh, to determine non-inferiority or superiority of one device versus the other? Well, Ron, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's the clinical outcome that matters. The problem is the number of patients to, to achieve that. And these quantitative um, surrogates have maybe in the early days of interventional cardiology were worthwhile, but more recently they just aren't um, as we get better and better. Um, it's interesting that the Chinese FDA takes um, late loss as an acceptable primary surrogate. Um, but to me, unless you can achieve clinical benefits I'm asking, what are you doing? Yeah, and again, I point out in this table, if you look at the bottom, uh, the TLR, TVR, uh, stent thrombosis is basically zero across, no matter which class of complexity you had. And the rate seems to be a little bit better uh, with respect to TLR, TVR. The sample size is low to show any significance if it will remain zero in the non-type C lesions, I don't know, but in the type C lesions, numbers seems to be at least by half or a third lower uh, on the rotational atherectomy versus the modified balloon. Uh, Ryan, do you have any comments on that finding? Uh, what, what surprised us because of the endpoints um, in our OCT subgroup analysis, um, the stent expansion was um, 73% uh, in the modified balloons and the same in the rotational atherectomy group. 
um, with no significant uh, difference, uh, with no significance. And despite of this, the clinical outcomes were, uh, were relatively good as we see here in, in TLR. Uh, so maybe maybe the cut of of eighty percent um, stent expansion might be um, lower uh, in uh, severely calcified lesions because in in, in this uh, study population um, we really um, had. Uh, aggressive lesion preparation and post dilatation. And despite of this, we couldn't achieve 80%. This. Well, I mean, I would argue that your post dilating strategy is modest for a calcified lesion. Um, as I recall, the, um, the final bloom pressures were 17 or atmospheres. Um, that's not what we consider to be aggressive. That's almost routine by current standards. Yeah, but if you look here on the acute gain, there is really no difference whether you use modified balloon versus uh, rotational atherectomy, which is a little bit against what we have seen with other studies when atherectomy was used in combination with stenting versus balloon. Most studies did show increase in the acute gain without any benefit clinically, I agree. But at least that's a little bit troubling for me because for the sample size, it's probably should be good enough for acute gain differences if there are differences. But here the numbers are very similar uh, for both type of lesions. So that part is not uh, concordant with other data that I'm familiar, at least from the CSI database and our own rotational atherectomy, and Gary probably knows all the imaging studies, that usually when you use rotational atherectomy, you do get a, a larger acute gain and larger lumen post-procedure. Yeah, well, and that's why, Ron, when I, I can't remember, maybe if you scroll up, you can find the, um, the uh, inflation pressures. Um, I'll scroll down just a little. So maximum, yeah, so, okay, to my 20 atmospheres. But some of it is as low as 12 and 10. I mean, that's just not what we would do routinely, even in a non-calcified lesion. And post-dilation in only 80%. Um, you know, I, I'm questioning whether these were... Um, uh, optimized the way we would normally optimize a stent procedure. Ryan? Yes, so as uh, the, I think this was uh, because of the primary NGO guided um, uh, approach and OCT was only observing uh, ob uh, for observation and uh, in that case, if the, the vessel looks good after stenting, some operators might were, uh, were not that aggressive in post-dilatation. And as uh, uh. Professor Min said, um, 
when using when using imaging um, one would normally uh, be more aggressive in, in post dilatation no i mean uh, forget imaging i'm i'm looking at this and i'm saying well your post your, your balloon um, implantation pressure sometimes were as low as 10 or 12 atmospheres your post dilating pressures are 10 to 12 atmospheres um, and I can't think of any calcified lesion that where, um, you know, a, one of my colleagues anyway, would say, okay, let's place the stent at 10 atmospheres, let's pull up, post dilate at 12, even though it's a type C heavily calcified lesion. I mean, that's just... It depends on where the landing zone is. So if you have a severely calcified target lesion, but you have to decide to have uh, the landing zone very distant, more distal because of the plug, maybe you have to choose a low implantation pressure and then postulate in the problem zone with higher pressures. Sorry. I'd like to get away from the uh, technique just for a minute and tell you two things that strike me. One, one is that uh, it's obvious that for future trials, we need to have an enriched uh, sample with uh, uh, complex lesions because uh, within the main trial, they, you know, if you have things that aren't really, uh, don't really need this therapy, uh, then, then you won't learn anything and just dilute the outcome. So by concentrating on these type C or whatever, I think it's, it's, it's what should happen in future trials, particularly if we ever get around to comparing the really hard ones uh, between atherectomy and, and uh, lithotripsy, which uh, if that ever if it happens, it'll be interesting. But uh, that'll require that you have really tough lesions to start with. And, and then the other thing is uh, the endpoints. And you talk about surrogates and you have to say surrogate for what? Uh, the, the um, I, in particular, like uh, to see all the endpoints. So when you put together the composites uh, with, with a lot of different uh, uh, things and you say there's one, something's a surrogate, uh, we, we should know that uh, uh, to be a surrogate, it, it has to, uh, in, in multiple trials, be uh, the, the treatment needs to have the same effect on the main endpoint as it does on the surrogate. If the main endpoint is uh, clinical, e even even myocardial infarction, there's an interesting article that just uh, came out in uh, JAMA about uh, whether myocardial infarction is a surrogate for death in trials. And if you apply the strict rule of surrogacy where both things have to be influenced uh, similarly by the uh, uh, by the treatment, uh, it, it's, it's not a surrogate. And certainly the composite endpoints of things, uh, all, all sorts of things. Late loss to me has always been kind of a strange thing. And I don't know why the, why anybody would use late loss as the uh, surrogate for clinical events, because uh, we always, Ron and I always thought that, uh, you know, we, we, we blew late loss totally out with radiation, but it didn't necessarily it was not necessarily the surrogate for a clinical event. So, 
those those two points enrich uh, for future trials enrich the sample with really tough cases and and uh, and uh, think hard about uh, what the endpoints are going to be yeah, these are very good points, Spencer, and I'll double down on that one. I think that uh, especially when it comes to FDA, um, they miss an opportunity if they allow just to do a registry uh, because you don't know about the case selection. You cannot compare between devices. It, it maybe give you some safety and efficacy for a certain population, but it doesn't help the physician to decide which device to choose. So I think if we really want to imply a new device, like shockwave, like a new uh, atherectomy device, so the OPN-NC balloon that may come into the U.S. shortly, you really would like to see a head-to-head -head study because then at least you can know what you're talking about in terms of the lesions, and I think it's rightfully so. The more complex lesions you'll take, the more likelihood you'll see a difference. But if you take a simple lesions, then every POBA will be good enough. So I'll give you, Ryan, uh, the last word. Uh, what is that you want uh, our listeners and the readers uh, to take as a message from your study? So if you have a calcified lesion that is tortuous and is located in a bifurcation lesion, your, thre uh, your threshold should be very low to use rotor. Okay, I think this uh, issue will continue to uh, make us busy in terms of clinical trials. I do encourage everybody to do randomized trials and not registries and get more because we, we're probably under-treating calcified lesion in the right strategy, and that's also came out in the discussion today. I thank you, Ryan, for submitting the paper to the CRM Journal, to Spencer King, the editor-at-large, and the senior editor, Gary Means, to help me to have another uh, session of a journal club for the December. This is the last one for this year, and we'll see everybody in the January journal club for the CRM. Have a happy holidays, a happy new year.